0: I used to find that with working from home, it was a real chore to even get dressed some days. Uh, Thankfully, we are recording this in an office and fully clothed, or So We're Telling You... (laughs) This episode we'll be talking about working environments for anyone who has taken the big step to work for themselves already. So, Kevin, how's it been since we last recorded our episode? Yeah, I've been busy on the new version of the, the Steel
1: Beam Calculator which I discussed in the last episode. i um, having a few customer issues sort of teething problems. Um, for example, um, when people have passwords with a SaaS product, obviously because we've launched a new version, people quite often have passwords they have from like five years ago that are saved in their browsers. So we've had a few issues there with people's passwords not working. So we're sort of gradually getting through that. And also Manos who does our email support is on holiday this week. So he's been doing sort of some bits, but obviously it's been a bit limited. So I've been doing more email support. Also also because we've been busy on the new product, I haven't done as much consultancy work as I would have liked. So I'm doing a little, little bit
0: more of that this week, So sort of catching up. So that's amazing. What have you been up to, Steve? Uh, well, I've been quite busy recently. So I'm currently about halfway through building a new course for Plural Sites, uh, which is going really well. Um, I've just got another module submitted this week before I go on holiday, which is great. Okay. Uh, but I'm also working on a book for a fairly large publisher called A Press. It's a company that builds like textbooks for sort of software developers and computer programmers. So I've been working on that book since October last year. Okay. I, I seem to have now got to their magic trigger points of uh, completeness because they seem to have assigned a team to the book now. Wow! Wow! So, a whole so, team. so there's lots of stuff happening behind the scenes. So that's going really good. I've uh, got another chapter for that sent off this week as a first draft. So it's all going really well. That's yeah, that's good. Um, just before we move on to the next bit, think like you mentioned um, in your section, you're saying about how Manos is on holidays. So you have to do a lot more of email support. I mean, that, that's a it's quite an interesting thing because. When you do run your own business, you sometimes do have to take on other jobs which you wouldn't ordinarily do.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, it's just the nature of running a small business. I don't mind if it's just for one week, you know. Man, uh, he's doing he's, for example, he's, he's took his phone so he can do some bits, but like some of the file management stuff, so like taking stuff from email and putting it into Dropbox, he, he can't really do and up uh, a bit limited in terms. And also, I want him to enjoy his holiday a little bit. So I don't want him to do as much stuff as he would normally. Yeah. Uh, so there's a bit of that as well. And also, I'd like to think that he'd cover for me when I go on holiday. So I'm sure it'll work the other way around. Hopefully, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going on holiday next week and I intend to do absolutely nothing except oh, listen to podcasts and <laughs> read some books. Well, they know me. They'll, they'll all be work related books and podcasts anyway. <laughs> but... see, I don't think you never rest, do you, when you're in your own business? No. But I've been uh, explicitly banned by my wife from taking a laptop. Oh, fantastic, yeah. But I am allowed an iPad, and the iPad does have a keyboard. <laughs> it's cheating. Okay, so for audience questions this week, we've got a couple of good questions that have been sent in, uh, both from Twitter. And the first one is from a guy called Simon. And uh, when he sent me this question, it, it made me smile a bit. And I thought, I'm glad to, to include this, because it's a, it's a really good question. But he says, is the Side Hustle Success podcast another side hustle? Um, yeah, I kind of guess it is. To it. I mean,
1: to be fair, I'm I'm just doing this because I like doing it. If it became, if we made money out of it, that would be great. But I'm, that's not the reason why I'm doing it. I think I always think that I think somebody. there's scientific proof that uh, money isn't a motivator. Um, I can't remember where, where it came from. I'll have to see if we can find a link to to the quote but quite often you know I think people do things because they want to have purpose or meaning in, in what they do and that's why I'm doing this because I want to educate people it's not about the money but I mean if it if it did make money that would be great but I'm not bothered if it doesn't I do it just
0: because just because I enjoy doing it is that how you feel about it Steve or yeah I mean i say so I mean when i originally had the idea of doing a podcast it was when I quit my job which is just over a year ago so just oh, past the anniversary right. well, of me yeah, congratulations my, yeah thank you <laughs> And, um, but at the time when I quit, and I had this whole sort of big you know brain full of ideas of things I wanted to do um and one of them was a podcast, but at the time it wasn't really practical, so I always thought to myself, if I did a podcast, I'd actually want to do it in person with a co-host like what we're doing now, okay um, yep, a lot yeah. of podcasts do record remotely, which which is fine. but I always liked the idea of actually having two people in a room. Yeah, it's quite nice we do actually sit in one room, we're not.
1: Remote, we are yeah. in one room together, so we do actually meet in person, which I think is nice. I think that's nicer
0: than being remote. Yeah, I mean, at, at the time, so I mean, I was working from home at the time, so that wasn't really going to work that well. You know, having someone come to your house and do it, it just kind of didn't mm. feel right. Yeah, it does get um, intrusive, doesn't it? Yeah, but then I moved to a co working space uh, in Cromford in Derbyshire. Absolutely beautiful part of the country if anyone's uh, visiting yes, this area. It is lovely. Um, but I, at the time, I was kind of getting a bit sick of working from home day in, day out. So I thought to myself, you know, I'll I'll hire a desk at a co-working space, which means I can just you know, have somewhere to go out to. Uh, so I did that, and that's where I, where I met you, Kevin. Yeah, I work uh, at, at Cromford occasionally, amongst other places. But yeah, it's one of the places that I do work from. I actually remember on, on the first day there, I went to go view the place for an afternoon, So I literally used the place for half a day just to see... Yeah, for, for free, to see whether it is what you like. And I remember you were sitting there, and one of the first things I noticed is you had a copy of the four hour work week <laughs> <laughs> on the desk the with Bible, the chair, Bible, the good book, which kind of got us got us having a discussion, which was quite good. And then, you know, over the next, what, four or five months, we just had general chats about working for ourselves, freelancing. And it was kind of at that point um, that I kind of fixed to myself, actually, i will ask Kevin if he wants to do a podcast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a, a fan of podcasts. Um, it's what I tend to listen to when I'm working, um, is I listen to podcasts. So I've probably listened to podcasts probably like two hours every day, something like that crazy, mm. you know, and uh, I've always been a massive fan of podcasts, but never actually been on one.
0: So this is, is really nice to finally sort of be on the other end of the microphone. Yeah, so I mean, it must be about, what, four weeks prior to us recording this episode, that I mentioned it to you and we had sort of several conversations about it and discussions and kind of here we are now which
1: is yeah, which is yeah cool. we've done obviously we've, we've set up sort of Google Docs and, and sort of Slack to manage the process and
0: yeah, no, it's going well I think yeah it's very exciting but I mean going back to the question about you know is it another side hustle so I mean at the moment you know we've only just launched you know, are we making money out of the podcast? No. But I mean, as you rightly said, we're doing it because it's fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just something that's nice to do. It'd be nice if it did make money, but if it doesn't, if it never makes any money, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm in the not.
0: future, maybe if we get big enough to a certain size, we might eventually take sponsors who can help sort of fund Yeah. doing some yeah. of the show. I mean, if that happens, that'd be absolutely fantastic. But, you know, I'm not expecting that to happen anytime soon. But I mean, from my own personal, you know, selfish point of view, one of the reasons why I'm doing it, besides it being fun, you know, is I... I create courses for plural sites, I write books, I blog, I do videos on YouTube. So this is kind of another outlet and avenue in which I can let people know about what I'm doing. It's an
1: extension of the things that you already enjoy doing,
0: isn't it? Which is nice. Yeah, so is it a side hustle? Yes. Are we expecting it to make any money in the short term? No. But I mean but there's kind of other value there's you know, there's extra value that you get out of doing these things. You know, it's it's interesting, we get to discuss lots of topics.
1: Yeah, I mean the other thing that we're hoping to do is eventually is get um talk to some of our sort of heroes, I suppose. You know, we could interview people. So we're hoping to do that at some point in the future. I think that would be really nice, you know, to to people we look up to, you know, if we could get those on those those sort of people on the show, that would be that would be great.
0: Yeah, we we do have a, a nice big long list that we're putting together of people that we want to interview. So I'm hoping that we'll get to start on some of that yeah, soon. I and mean, some of it will be people that are kind of local to the area where we are now. And some of those interviews will be remote. So I've got some people in Australia which I'm quite keen to, to interview. And the other thing that I think might be quite useful is it's almost like public accountability. Um
1: it it's like a, sort of another mastermind meeting or, you know, we talk, you know, we can talk about business and then that might help us to sort of work through our problems and, and
0: progress what we're doing as well yeah so that kind of sums it up as you know a little bit of the history about why we're sitting here chatting and as I say you know if it makes money in the future that'd be awesome if it doesn't I'm not going to be too bothered it's not the main part of my business but it is fun you know it gives us some interesting topics to talk about and yeah so that was yeah. a good question when I first saw that it just put a smile on my face yeah I like, oh it's- yeah it's a side hustle podcast a side hustle I thought, yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought that was I think the answer is yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So next question we've got is uh, from Sarah, also from Twitter. And this is kind of a... As soon as I saw this question, it kind of made me think, actually, yeah, this is something you have to be really, really careful of. And the question is, can your employer lay claim to your side hustle? It's a scary thought, isn't it? And um, I've got a little bit of experience, but I've never been caught out by it. But I mean, certainly in some companies I've worked at, when you initially look at your employment contract I mean I'm talking from a UK standpoint here so I'm not quite sure how contracts work in like the US or other parts of Europe or indeed any other country in the world but I have seen clauses in the contracts that state that if you do work on anything on your own time then the company can claim to claim own it owned. yeah I've heard a few horror stories I mean it's it's a one because I, I used to work for Derby City
1: Council but I don't think they're going to claim you know what I'm doing now you know I, well not that I ever did it during work's time or used work you know work's equipment or anything like that but you know they, there's no motivation it depends is there motivation for the employer to actually lay claim I mean say for example you had a you know you had a side hustle became a very successful project you wouldn't want that risk would you that yeah. uh, a previous employer could lay claim to your business. Um, I mean, what, what's your experiences of, of this been, Steve?
0: Well, I mean, I've, I've worked for some very large multinationals, you know, companies that are 200,000 employees plus. Yeah. And there's been several kind of variations on the contracts that I've seen before, which you kind of have to argue to get removed if you can when you're, oh, when, when you're, when you you're negotiating a contract. contract. Yeah, yeah. So one of them I saw, which was, you know, literally anything you work on in your own time, the company is going to say they own. That's, yeah, which which is which, crazy, which is it, a blanket, yeah. yeah I, I completely disagree with that. Um, I've seen some other comp, well, some other companies I work for. Um, you would have thought that but, would have been against like, some kind of European law or something, would not it? Yeah, it seems like it, 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 was it like feels they, dodgy.
1: They own you when you don't work for them, almost. Yeah, it seems um, wrong, doesn't
0: it? There's another instance I've seen where you can't work on any product, which is to compete with the company you're working for yeah I kind of get that I which get which that. I can understand yeah. I mean they, they don't want you to build it. I mean, a mean to compete with them personally I think that's fair enough I think that's
1: yeah I think that's fair I mean if you're
0: doing something that's completely
1: different I, I don't I mean could you negotiate for example you decided to start a side project could you negotiate an exemption from you know in your contract or could you
0: get permission yeah I mean there, I, there, I, must, I, there must be I don't see why not I mean I guess every company's going to be different but it's... I mean, the, the thing I'm trying to sort of say here is always check your employment contract see if there's anything in there that's going to come back and bite you later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. The other thing as well, which you should be very, very careful of, is if you're, is if you're working on a side hustle, so say it's a, a software product or a software service, the biggest bit of advice I can give you is never use a company laptop to work on it. Don't use their electricity. Don't do it on company time. Don't use their network. Don't use anything that belongs to your employer. Oh, okay, So yeah. if you're going to work yeah. on anything... Yourself. make sure you do it at home or coffee shops or wherever you want to work. Just anywhere apart from your your place of work. Using your own kits, your own software licenses. I mean, that's a a very easy one to fall into a trap of. So if you're a software developer, for example, and you have a license for Visual Studio Enterprise, which is a popular Microsoft development tool, you know, it's a very expensive product if you've got the full thing. It could be very tempting just to think, well, I'll just use that to work on my own thing. Personally, I wouldn't do that. And... This, this reminds me of um, there's a TV show um, called Silicon Valley. I don't know if you've seen it. I've not seen it. No, it's on my it's on my to do list. It's, it's it's very very it's very very funny. Uh, so it's about a group of guys who work with an incubator in San Francisco, and they're building a, um, a software product called Pied Piper. And and th- this program it, it's 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 so so funny. It's written by the people who wrote uh, Beavers and Butthead, I think it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's all modelled on the kind of, kind of Silicon Valley startup Absolutely. entrepreneur thing. There's like the big evil corporation, which is called Hooli. But from, I think they've modelled it on a cross between Apple and Google. Uh. It's this kind of big corporation <laughs> yeah, big that's along yeah. I mean, one of their products, for example, is a HooliPad and a HooliPad Pro.
1: Oh, yeah. It's so very much like Apple, yeah.
0: So the, the main entrepreneur who starts up Pied Piper in this, in this show used to work for Hooli. And there's one particular episode or it's split over a couple of episodes, I forget which season it's in, where Hooley tries to say that they've owned Pied Piper because they've got some evidence that some work was done on a company machine on the company network. Oh, okay. So there's a few there's a sort of span of a few episodes where it's basically them going to court trying to defend yeah, what they have done. I think to be honest, I think this
1: probably more applies to to software products in particular than perhaps other industries or other products or services. That's my that's my impression. Um
0: Yeah, I mean it could be something other than software. I mean if you're working for I don't know, a publishing house and then you go and write a book in your own time, could they say well yeah, you've, you've written the book while working for us, we have the right to publish the book as, as an example. I don't know. But I think the key thing just to circle back and sort of answer Sarah's question is when you're starting at a company or if you're already working at a company, check your employment contracts. just to make sure there's nothing in there that's going to come back and bite. you. Yeah, I think it's important perhaps to negotiate clauses and contracts You know that, that favour your position. If you're already working for a company and you suddenly have an idea for a side hustle, I, I, I think it's worth having a chat with your HR people there. Maybe not necessarily telling them what the idea is, but saying you've got this product that you're working on, it doesn't compete with your company. Yeah. Can you have a written endorsement? I think yeah, perhaps to say you could that, have you know, like an exemption, you know, or, or, or try and negotiate
1: with them. I mean it, I mean it's tricky say for example they say no, what do you do then? You know, what's it worth looking at another job potentially and or are you yeah, in a position I mean, where you have the power to
0: negotiate with them or if it was me, obviously I can't speak for what everyone else would want them to do, but if it was me and I was in that situation and I really believed in the idea that I had, I probably would leave and find another job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can, it's something you might have to
0: consider as a worst case scenario, unfortunately. So that was a, that was a great question. I like that one. Yeah. That's and good and one. it's something that everyone should be very, very careful of. For sure, yeah. Okay, so for today's topic, I want to talk about, um, you know, when you're working for yourself, you're finally taking that plunge to quit your job. You know, should you work from home or should you rent an office or should you go backpacking around Thailand with your laptop? It's kind of, you know, where's a good place to work and what are the kind of different options and scenarios around there? So I thought, what well, would be cool first? I mean, no, we'll start with you, Kevin.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: How, how do you run your business? Well, How do you yeah, do it? And where do you work?
1: I've invented a, a new term um, called a local digital nomad. Um, okay. Because I, I, I like the idea of being location independent, but I'm not really travelling mm. that much, you know, to other countries and et cetera. So I like to work from different places. So I can work from coffee shops or co-working spaces or a variety of different different sort of co-working spaces that I work from. Um, but what I tend to do is I tend to find at least temporarily, one location where I'm most productive. So at the moment, I work from a, a place called Harlem Art Space in Worksworth, which is aimed more at artists. It's like a community of artists, okay. rather bizarrely. Um, and they've, I've kind of managed to wheedle, wheedle my way into their organisation, even though I'm not an artist, which is kind of a bit bizarre. I <laughs> don't really fit in, but it it's just such a nice... Um, because it's set for artists, artists, artist studios tend to be very light and hmm. you know big windows, white walls. They're very and they have very good lighting. It's nice and bright and airy. It's it's actually a really good working environment. I don't know if you've ever been to an art studio.
0: No, I haven't, but it sounds intriguing.
1: Yeah, no, it is. I'll have to take you around sometime. It okay. is. It's it's a nice building and, and also it's very because it's it's um, aimed at artists. It's very cost effective as well. Um, so that's mostly where I work from. Uh, the things I like to always going kind to of have. I um, spend a lot of money and probably people would probably disagree with this but I always like to go to a nice cafe for lunch hmm. and sometimes I'll take my laptop with me or my Kindle or whatever you know perhaps do a bit of work or read a book I always enjoy enjoy doing that um, it's, it costs an absolute fortune I'll spend a couple of grand a year on cafes but I, I, in my opinion I think it's worth it um, the other place that I work from is uh, I work from um, uh, a place at Nottingham University their Jubilee campus it's called the Ingenuity um, Centre Okay. And, and that's a nice working environment. Um, the only problem is the traffic can be a little bit bad. So I like working in works with old Cromford, where we are at the moment, uh, because they're more rural settings. So it's it's an easier commute. It's less stressful because there's not as much traffic. Um, so a bit of a mixture, really. But I tend to find I work wherever I'm most productive. And at mm-hmm. the moment, that is tends to be Harlem. Um, I mean, prior to... Um, Sort of working from co working spaces, I did work from home, but prior to that, I did actually rent an office for five years, um, like my in my own office. But I tended to find that I'm a bit of an extrovert, um, so I didn't really enjoy being on my own in an office. I did it for five years. I, towards the end, I kind of got a bit fed up of it. Okay. Um, it was really productive because I could sit and crank and get work done, but I did find it quite
0: lonely and kind of a, a bit boring, really. That's um, interesting that you um, say you're an extrovert. So I very much class myself as an introvert. So if, yeah, that's, so, that's more common, perhaps in so, uh, you know developer backgrounds, isn't it? Yeah, I mean where we're we recording now, I mean it is it's my office that I rent, and I love coming in here and sitting by myself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean I think it depends on your personality. Yeah, you know, I absolutely. like to be in co worker spaces and talk. So I talk to the artists, or I go to engineering and talk to other entrepreneurs, or if I work from Cranford, I talk to the other. You tend to be freelancers mostly. Hmm. Um, which is nice. So it's, it's a good mixture, but I like to get out and talk to people and, and sort of get new ideas and, and work things through, you know. So I, I, I enjoy that kind of interaction. So I don't think I'd really want to be on my own. I don't, I like to be on my own, you know, like a day a week, you know, and occasionally I will work from home, but I've got children at home, so it's a little bit noisy. So I like yeah. to go other places and get into work mode and be more productive and less stressed. You know, that, that's, I think it's a matter of finding somewhere where you're the least stressed and you can be the most productive. Um, I don't know what you think, Steve. Is that is that your experience of different...
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I like to work in lots of different places. I mean, I, I guess we, we've talked about Harlem and then the place at Nottingham Union, and I guess there's costs involved in these Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, the Harlem one's
1: um, it's really cheap. It's like £40 a month. Wow. wow. Really? So that's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what's that, $60 or something like that, isn't it? Um, and the ingenuity right. sense is a bit more. It's about £120 a month. Um, so it's not crazy money, and I think actually here at, at Cromford, I think it works out about roughly about ten pounds a day when because I pay by the day when I come to Cromford.
0: So you're renting a fixed desk there or a desk? Or is it- I just
1: just I just come in and just rent whatever desk they have. You know, so I don't have a fixed desk. It's just a ten. oh, I see what you mean. So it's hot desk. Um, the other thing is, I'm always I'm always I just bring everything I need in a laptop.
0: Hmm. No, sorry, no, in a
1: in a backpack. Sorry. So I just have a backpack with my laptop in it and all the kit that I need for that day and then I just take it home with me at the end of the day. I I, I don't leave anything in the office. I'm, you know, I, that's why I call myself like a, a local digital nomad. I am yeah. kind of, you know, I can be nomadic, you know, with the equipment that I have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fairly similar. So, I mean, um, so I quit my job a year ago and started working from home Um But my wife, she she also works from home. She's been working from home for probably about 14, 15 years now. Wow. Because her company, she did have an office in Nottingham, but her company closed that um, office down. So her closest offices are now Birmingham and Bridge End in Wales. So she has to go to Wales quite often because that's kind of where the rest of her team is. Yeah. So she managed to arrange it so she works from home. So that means that the shared office we had upstairs, which we both have a desk in, um, she's in during the day. So I figured, you know, as much as I love my wife and all that, I don't want to work in the same room yeah, together. I mean, it's, like, is, like the uh, same, you know, first... day in, day out and then kind of have to live together afterwards. Yeah. You know, that that fine for a couple important. of weeks. Yeah, I think you need that separation. I mean, my, my wife,
1: she's quite an introvert. So if I'm there all the time, it kind of bugs her. She doesn't <laughs> like. She really doesn't like it. And I think you need, I think it's healthy for the relationship to be, I know some people do actually work together with their, you know, husband and partner, significant yeah. other. They work with them all the time and, I couldn't personally do that. I think it would be, you know, I want that separation. And, like, you kind of, you know, if you're with somebody all the time, you kind of take them for, you know, you don't... I'm trying to think how... There's a book called Mating... What's it called? Mating in Captivity. Have you ever read it? No, by right. Esther somebody. I can't remember. I'll put a link in the show notes. And there's, it, it's sort of like saying that if you're with somebody all the time, they kind of bug each other, you know. I think you need that separation for for some relationships to work. And I don't think if I was there all the time at home... I don't think it necessarily. It's, like that, it's like well. that term, isn't it? Is it living
0: in each other's pocket?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's kind of it's a bit much. So that's why I like to sort of work not from home. Although I, you know, I don't mind it. Say like yourself, like one
0: day a week, it's okay. But any more than that, I think yeah. So I um, much. so what I did temporarily is I kind of rearranged the dining room downstairs, and so, <laughs> so I pushed the dining table back towards the wall, which is actually I really liked it because um, you know. We've got you know, double doors that opens into the lounge. She had lots of light flying through. I had a big, nice window looking into the garden. Yeah. And that was really nice. And, you know, my wife was happy with me doing that because you know, I wasn't disturbing her and she wasn't disturbing me. So that worked really well. And it was a really, really nice setup. But the thing I found is that after about six, seven months of doing this, the uh, you kind of struggle with that sort of boundary between home life and work life. Mm, yeah. And even though I've got, you know, complete flexibility, you know, just have an afternoon off if I want to. I kind of, I'm kind of not wired that way. I I kind of feel like I have to keep working. And if my stuff's all there for work, I kind of keep on chipping away at things, even when I should be just having some downtime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you need that, you need that rest time, don't you? That peaceful time when you're not
1: working. I mean, I'm I'm terrible at that, but, um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. You know, if you, it's odd because we all want to escape from the nine to five, but then we all kind of gravitate back towards it (laughs) to
0: a certain extent. Yeah, this this is exactly it. So, um, Whilst I don't want to work for anyone else again, I do kind of like the routine of getting up, you know, having a shower, getting dressed, and going out to work. So early this year, I sort of started looking around for some co working spaces. And it was a mutual friend of ours, Dan, oh, yeah. uh, who I sort of met at a user group that I run. And he mentioned Cromford, Cromford Mills. So I sort of phoned them up the next day and they said they had a co-working space. It's, yeah, I think I actually mentioned it to Dan. Originally, it was me who mentioned it oh, Okay, to Dan, I'm guessing, but yeah. It's a, it's a small world. Yeah. but so So I came along, you know, I went through the costs with them and I decided to take a fixed desk, which means I could have my own sort of monitor and stuff all set up how I like it yeah but it was my desk but it was in like a I think those rooms have what six people in them yeah there's six there's six spaces I think we've got another one behind
1: as well with another six spaces in it yeah Yeah. so I
0: did that for about three or four months I think okay yeah that was really good. You know, they, they they put me on a waiting list for a private office because I've always liked the idea of having my own office. Yeah, potentially yeah. That I could go to. But I mean, I was I was really happy working in the co-working space. You, you kind of had the office banter with people that were there, but none of the politics.
1: Yeah, and no, I I found that that's the good thing about co-working uh, co-working spaces is that you um, you get to interact with other people, but then you're not competing with them. So it's not like you're both going for the same job or the same promotion. Or it's not that kind of um, politics as there? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's
0: just people are just nice in the it room. Is, I mean, there was there was you obviously, doing steam built, uh, still being calculated. There's another guy who's a digital marketing consultant. Yeah, Robin. There, yeah, there was another girl who works for a publishing company, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's, there's it's, lots it's, of people doing different it, yeah. things, but you still had that kind of office banter, which is really good because that's kind of the bit from working in an office. I've yeah, missed. that's uh, that's that's one of the problems when you work for yourself. It's the loneliness. Yeah. I find it's actually quite hard. I think people
1: don't ever mention that. Uh, it like being starting your own thing is really lonely. Um, or it can be, especially for somebody like me who is kind of semi-extroverted. I'm kind of I I'm ambivert,
0: somewhere probably between the two. But I think I do need that interaction with other human beings. Yeah, so I, I consider myself to be an introvert. So, I mean, just just to clarify the difference between the two, because I actually had someone mention this to me at a conference once that I was speaking at. And I happened to mention to them that, you know, I'm an introvert. And they were like, well, how can you be an introvert? You're standing on stage talking to 500 people. This, yeah, I know this is
1: quite common. Like,
0: I'm an extrovert, but not a very good one. Well, it's, you know, you can be an introvert and be shy, but you can be an introvert and not be shy. And kind of the difference between the two is if you're an introvert, that means that if you need to recharge your own kind of mental energy, you do that by being alone. Yeah, like I've heard this. It's more where you get your energy from. So I get my energy by being with
1: other people, yeah. whereas introverts, it drains them. And and vice versa, you know, I think that's the definition. I mean, have you ever done one of those Myers-Briggs um, personality tests? I think uh,
0: yes, years ago. I can't remember which one that
1: is. Is that, is that a personality uh, test? Yeah, like an ENFJ or an ENTP or an INTJ or whatever. I have done, but I cannot remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mine keeps changing, but I am on the extrovert spectrum, you know, so that's just me. But obviously other people are different, so it all varies.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, I said to this guy, he mentioned it to me at a conference, you know. So, I mean, you know, I'm introverted. I, I'd like to be by myself to recharge. But I can quite happily stand on stage and address a room of yeah, 500 I'm, people. It's hard because I, though I'm an extrovert, I, I, I've never done any public speaking. Yeah. So. But as soon as I finish that talk and I've, you know, done the hallway track where you just chat to people afterwards, I go straight back to my hotel for an hour. and really read, and need just, to recharge. And, and just, like, go yeah. read a book for an hour. You find it draining then, personally. So, for me, I mean... I don't remember where I was. Yeah, so I was talking about the, the co-working space. So I rented a desk there and then an option came up for an office, which is the one we're sitting in here. Yeah. And I kind of jumped at the chance because um, a lot of what I do is uh, recording video, recording screencasts, doing webinars, lots of stuff that's noisy. Yeah, so you need your own sort of noise-free space yeah, you know, to Yeah, it, and it was getting very hard to do this at home because if I was doing a, a webcast, I've done several webcasts for Pluralsight, um, for example, and... A lot of the time, it's to an American or an Asia Pacific audience, which means you know they're doing the webcast at like nine or ten a.m. their time, so it's going to be quite late um, in the afternoon. So to do that at home when the kids are there, I was having to kind of go upstairs into the office. My wife's having to try and keep the kids really quiet. Yeah, and... that's probably a bit unfair on on your family, isn't it? To expect them to do that? Oh, absolutely. So now I you know I can just do all that from this room. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But you know. All the people at the co the co working space and then all the staff at Cromford are really great, so I'm I'm really kind of enjoying that in a minute, and that's kind of where I am now. So I've I've gone through and working from home, finding that you know I kind of missed the routine of going out to work. Yeah, which are yeah. strange, <laughs> strange, isn't it? Strange, isn't it? Because that's we're trying to get away from. Them, we go yeah. back to it, don't we? So generally, I work four days a week in this office. I tend to do one day a week at home, uh, generally on Wednesday. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I um, have a routine then. But also, I mean, you talked about the local digital nomad, and I love doing that as well. So, I mean, like this morning before I came into the office, I actually spent a couple of hours in Costa Coffee. Okay, in the yeah. local town yeah, where I work. Yeah. Just, you know, I, I didn't need to come in particularly early here, so I just had a few things to get done. So I just did it in the coffee shop, which is nice. So I do that all the time. I go yeah. to different coffee shops.
1: I, I tend to find, if, if if this is how you are, but I tend to find that if you work in different environments, say if you want to work on, say, being come up with a new idea, I might go to a coffee shop just to give me that kind of, creative edge, you know, mm. or that different kind of environment or sort of chill out a little bit and perhaps think differently, you know, sometimes you need that,
0: don't you? Uh, Absolutely. And um, I kind of like, I love the whole idea of the Digital Nomad. And I, I think it's something we said we're going to talk about in the next episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah. In, in, yeah. in more detail. Yeah. But I mean, I, I do travel a lot to conferences. So, I mean, this year, so far, I've been to Norway twice, Poland, uh, Belgium, uh, where else have we been? I've been to the US once. I'm quite anxious. Not been anywhere. (laughs) I've been to Norwich. (laughs) And I think there's a few more but I can't remember. But I mean, whenever I go to these places I always spend a bit of extra time there. So I, I kinda love sit I mean I, I like the airport experience, I'm really sad. No, and no, I do, yeah, it's nice, yeah. Well, to clarify, nice. I like the airport experience when I haven't got the kids with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your
1: own, yeah. Because then it becomes That's very It's probably great, yeah, you can just sit and enjoy uh, the relaxation, can't you, and, and go somewhere quiet. And
0: but literally, I work. mean, all, all I need for my job is a laptop. So what I tend to do is, if I'm working on a course for approval site, is I'll do a massive batch of recording the week before I go away. And then while I'm away, I'll do all the video editing. Because okay, yeah, it's something yeah. that I can just work on from, from literally anywhere. I don't need to think too much. It's just work yeah, can get on yeah.
1: With. There's certain certain aspects of my consultancy work, so if I'm doing CAD work, and you can just sit and relax, so I can go to a coffee shop, spend a couple of hours, and just do a bit of CAD work, and I, I find that. And then I listen to podcasts when I'm doing CAD work because it's not that mentally draining work. It's not i having to really, really think about something, you know. So yeah, that that works. That's always nice, doing it somewhere else, mm. you know.
0: It's quite interesting. You talk about listening to podcasts. I actually, had this debate with my wife. And not so long ago, because I've been trying to get fit, a bit fitter. Oh god, yeah, yeah, know, the, yeah. Me too. Uh, the, me too. Um, I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. But yeah, it's it's very easy to put weight on when you're working by yourself. So I so I like to go out walking. So I live in a, a small town in Derbyshire called Belper. Yeah, I know. I used to live there. Um, it's so it's, it's very very hilly. Yeah, which is, yeah, sure, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, so from my house, I've got like a, I've got several walking routes that I'll do around Belpa. One that's like a mile, I've got one that's two miles, I've got a okay, five yeah. mile, and I've got a seven mile route, wow. which i do. Seven miles. So, especially recently, we've been having all this really nice weather. So, in the evening, while, you know, my wife's watching her programmes on TV, I'll just pop my headphones on and go for a nice long walk. Yeah. But, but when I do that walk, I'm listening to podcasts. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I was kind of joking around with my wife because I consider that walk work. If I've got podcasts on, I consider that work. Yeah, no fair, it is, yeah, I think it is, yeah. Whereas, uh, whereas my wife's like, no, no, you're just, you're just out listening to music or podcasts, that's not where. So, like, oh, actually, it, well, it probably is because it's material for our podcast, isn't it, and etc. Well, yeah, so. you, you're kind of getting inspired. I mean, I listen, I listen to all sorts of podcasts, I've got some very technical software development ones I listen to, there's some kind of business yeah. ones I listen to, there's some that are very Apple News-focused, because I'm into my yeah. Apple equipment. I think sometimes,
1: because I, I do a mastermind group, and quite often I come with ideas from things that I've heard in podcasts something you don't realise, it sort of goes in there subconsciously and then it just flows out of you. It's, it's some really useful information
0: that you, then you can feed into what you're doing. Hmm. Cool. So I think so to summarise up kind of what we've been saying then is that when you're running a, a lifestyle business, I still like that term, lifestyle business that you mentioned the other week. Yeah, yeah me too. Uh, but when you're doing that, I, th- I think variety is very, very good. So not just working from home all the time, not just working from an office all the time, but you know, mixing it up a bit. Working from home sometimes, using a co working space, using coffee shops or anywhere like that. I think that kind of keeps it interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's because we have the option to do that, it's it's why not do it, you know? It's, I think I think there thing. must be some kind of there must be some kind of science behind this. But I think I've read somewhere that, you know, getting up, you know, getting into a routine, you know, get up, have a shower, have your breakfast and going out the house, it kinda of sets you up for the day. So it kind yeah. of sets you up for success. I was trying to remember what, what, what I. might have been Tim Ferriss actually. It might have been on some uh, video he's on YouTube. you're saying that even just getting up but making your bed immediately.
1: Yeah, I have a it, routine. You're,
0: you're completing a task straight away and it kind of sets you up for the rest of the day. And I kind of feel like that by you know, coming to work. You sort of get up, you've got this definite routine. Yeah, I have a, I have a definite routine. Definitely. I mean, I, even to the point now where I have the same breakfast every day and the same lunch.
1: And I obviously have something different for my evening meal, but. Um, that's yeah. kind of extreme, but like, I always mean, have to worry, think about what I'm going to eat. I yeah. just eat the same things every day, but um, yeah, I think it's good to have a routine. I think you, otherwise, you kind of get lost a bit, don't you?
0: There, there was a few days. I mean, it didn't happen that often, but if, uh, you know, say, my wife is away uh, working from uh, one of the sites she has to go to, you know, I drop the kids off at school in the morning. I'd go back and you know, sit on the sofa with a laptop and then before you know it, you've watched two episodes of Homes Under the Hammer and not really achieved anything. <laughs> <laughs> Just watch daytime telly. You've got to be careful, I think. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's why it's good to go somewhere else and to give you more discipline, I think. Cool, okay. So in this section of the show, this is where we um, both recommend something to our listeners. It could be a documentary, a book, you know, a piece of fiction, some music, kind of anything that kind of helps... Inspire you personally. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It may not even be necessarily related to businesses. It could just be something interesting that you that you think our listeners would like. So, uh, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, this is probably going to follow on to the next podcast that we're going to do.
1: But there's a, a book. I think I think we mentioned it previously, "The Four Hour Work Week" by Tim Ferriss. Um, that'll follow nicely to what we're going to talk about in the next podcast. But I think it's been a really instrumental book in my career in terms of thinking about making a business work for you. Um, sometimes we end up doing all the work for the business and we kind of lose track of why we're doing the business, you know. So I think it's all about doing more with less. Um, I don't want to mention too much because I think we're going to mention it in the next podcast. But I think what I'd recommend is that everybody should read this book, especially if you want to be own an
0: online business. Um, I think it's it's just critical reading. Yeah, I and mean, I've, I've read the... The Kindle version once, and I've also got the um, audiobook version as well.
1: I've got, I've not got the audiobook, yeah, no. I mean, I've, I've bought the paper copy many, many times because I tend to give it away as a gift to people, or I'll just leave it somewhere just so somebody finds it and reads it. I like to do that, <laughs> leave books places. And I took it to the Ingenuity Centre and the receptionist borrowed it and read it. And I, I used to work at another co-working space in Derby and the receptionist took it. And I don't mind, they kept them, you know, it's fine. But also I've got, got got it on the Kindle as well now, but I've read it about three or four yeah. times now. I mean, I've,
0: I've talked about this book with several people and it seems to be quite a polarising book in kind of the opinions you get back. So some people are kind of very much into it and think, you know, the concepts that Tim's talking about are brilliant, where some people think that's ah, just... To be fair, Compute, the complete poppycock. The court. first time that I
1: read it, I didn't really sink in. I thought it was just kind of a bit scammy. But yeah. then I think the you know having read it the second time and thought about it in the way that world went after the the book was written, it kind of made more sense. Um, reading it now than it even though it's like ten years old and a lot of it's probably out of date in terms of the technology and etc. But you know, I think it's such a, such a, an interesting book or an interesting concept. You know, um, is that we don't lose sight of why we're doing businesses and, and what an ideal business
0: should be. Mm. Right. I mean, as you said, so the subject of our next podcast is going to be, you know, how feasible is the four hour work week? So, yeah. so, so we won't go into too much detail now. We'll save that for our, our next show. Um, but, you know, if you want to read the book before we do that show, you know, kind of here's your sort of two week, two week notice. If you want to, if you yeah, want to gets... follow along with what we're discussing in the next episode, then I yeah. do highly recommend reading the book. OK, so my uh, recommendation It's another documentary. I, I watch a lot of documentaries. And this one, it's called Minimalism. So you can watch it on Netflix if you're a subscriber, but I think it's available on like uh, Google Play and um, iTunes and a lot of the other usual suspects. Um, but it's a documentary about decluttering your life and becoming more minimal. So it's by two guys called Joshua Fields Milburn and Ryan Nicodemus. Uh, they also have a podcast as well okay, called yeah. The Minimalists. And it's um, it's really interesting. So it's something that I've actually tried been trying to do subconsciously for a while now, which is um, kind of decluttering just all of the... You know, the kind of the crap that you accumulate through life, you know things that you don't really need, yeah, I've been trying to do this gradually, I
1: said to Linda, that we want to lose like fifty percent of what we own in a year. It's not going to happen, but um, also I have children- we you know we've got a little boy called Hector, and it's hard with children to I know there's extreme examples where somebody just owns fifteen belongings i think I think it's possible, but it's it's difficult, but yeah, I want to be more I think you. You pay all this money for all this stuff that you don't need, and then you've got yeah. to manage it and look after it and insure it, and you know, put it somewhere. And it's like, it's like, for example, we we had a, a spare bedroom just full of clutter, and I thought we're paying a mortgage on this house for you know for this bedroom that we're never going to use, you know. So because yeah. we, 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 we're having expecting another child, we're sort of clearing out the spare room and it's going to be a nursery. But it's like you do that. It's sort of crazy when you think about it that you have all of this stuff that you. Use it if you haven't used it for six months, you'll probably never use it. You know, just get rid of it, and if you need it, just buy it again. You
0: know, it, it frees up your life, doesn't it? I, I do get that. Yeah, I mean, we, we went through a big decluttering exercise a little while ago, so we, we hired a skip. We just got rid of loads of stuff that we didn't need that was broken and you know, broke, broken kids' toys. We took a load of stuff to charity shops, we yeah, gave, we gave stuff that. to the local nursery. And, you know, once we'd done that, I mean, the house kind of looked spotless. The garage, you could actually walk into the garage. which, which was, <laughs> was actually a garage. Which was, the fir- which was the first time in years that we have been able to do that. And it felt really, really good. But, I mean, I found over, you know, the months after that, kids don't do minimalism. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they kind this of is, accumulate this clutter. Is, this so is, this I've, is difficult, isn't it? So I've kind of had to shift my focus on it a bit ways. I'm, I'm trying to be more minimal with the stuff that I own. Yeah, 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 I do get that, yeah. And I was, you know, I watched this documentary because I hadn't heard of this documentary at the time when I did this, and then I watched a documentary recently, and it was kind of like a light bulb went off. So, like, oh, actually, this is a thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's a- and I kind of, I've recently taken a look at you know myself. You know, I've you know I've moved into this office a couple of months ago, so all the stuff I need for running my business, I've kind of got here. Okay. Um, yeah. I, you know, years ago, I made a decision that. I don't want to own any kind of or too many books anymore, so I started switching things over to the Kindle. Yeah, I'm a big Kindle user. Yeah, I'm
1: trying to go more digital, um, and also with my own consultancies and stuff, I'm going going paperless as well now, mm. or, or at least ninety five percent or ninety nine percent paperless, which is a
0: lot easier to manage. You know, but I did a little exercise the other week where I was kind of looking around the house, was thinking, you know, what what have I got left in the house? Now I've moved all the stuff I need for work into my office. Kind of, what have I got left in the house that's actually specifically mine, and just not, you know, to do with the kids or stuff that me and my wife maybe have brought together. And the answer was, not a lot. And I thought, do you wow. know what? Yeah. That actually feels quite good. My wife did jokes. She goes, uh, have you moved out? <laughs> uh, no, nothing, there's no trace of you, yeah. your house. So if I'm ever in the doghouse and have to sleep on the sofa or uh, I get kicked out the front door, at least I haven't got much to take with me. But, mm-hmm. but in all seriousness, you know, I thought it was a really interesting documentary. And um, if you kind of feel like... because. Apparently you know, as you get older, it's very easy to start getting more anxious about just clutter and possessions and money and things like that, and I kind of started feeling a bit like that, but since I've kind of decluttered my life a bit, I feel better. I actually feel a lot better. I mean, yeah. I've probably got more stuff in the office now than what I really want. I'm lo- looking at the big Lego models I've got hanging <laughs> up <laughs> but you know, what the, what they were saying in the documentary isn't just about getting rid of things; it's about the things that you own should kind of bring you joy and have purpose. Yeah, no, sure, yeah. And they're kind of like two questions you need to ask you about. You know, is this useful? Does it have a purpose? Mm-hmm. And am I getting enjoyment out of it? If you can't answer yes to either of those, like, well, do you really need it?
1: Yeah, yes, it's, it is. I, I know what you mean. I'm I'm in that boat at the moment, trying to decouple, it. It's hard because a lot of things in the house aren't, aren't my stuff. they either Linda's or Hector's, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. So they're not, that, it's not all mine. Um, so it's hard to do when it's, I think it's, it's sort of trying to instill that kind of, discipline in the house isn't it that you don't always need all of this stuff you know
0: cool so that's our recommendations for for this week so the documentary minimalism which is available on netflix itunes and google play and the book the four-hour work week so as you said we're going to be talking more about the four-hour work week in our next episode so if you kind of want to Get a bit more background information, you know, to follow along with the things we're talking about. I highly recommend talking that book. But I think with that, I think that's it for this episode. Okay, goodbye from me. Uh, so before we go, quickly, um, our next episode will be out in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. If you're subscribing to us on iTunes, if you could click like and leave a comment, that'd be really handy. You know, uh, constructive feedback is always helpful. Yeah, and we do accept uh, five star reviews as well. So if you'd like to do that, I'd be much appreciated. Absolutely, that gets a big thumbs up from us. Uh, and I'm also um, doing video versions of the podcast, uh, which I'm putting on YouTube as well. So if you just want a direct link to the podcast and don't necessarily want to use like a podcast app, okay, then you'll be able to listen to it on YouTube as well. So with that, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Okay, see you then, guys. You. Bye.